Chapter 18 of Hawaiian Sea Hunt Mystery by Andy Adams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Tomlinson. Chapter 18 Exploring the Depths. When Likake disappeared beneath the surface, Biff glanced quickly at his watch. He tried to remember the record for a person's holding his breath while underwater. Was it three minutes? Four. He remembered reading of some Polynesian divers in Bali who had remained submerged for six minutes. How long could Lee hold his breath? Biff looked at his watch again. Already the sweep hand had passed the two-minute mark. Biff began to worry. The seconds ticked by slowly, as if held back by a magnet. The three-minute mark was approaching. Surely Lee couldn't hold out much longer. Biff's eyes kept shifting from the water to the sweep hand of his watch. Three minutes, still no sign of Lee. Biff made up his mind. He is going in after Lee. He slipped off his watch and peeled off his shirt. Just as he was preparing to dive, Lee's head broke the surface. For several moments, the Hawaiian boy lay in the water, head back, body floating. He needed time to recover. Biff could see his chest heaving up and down beneath the two inches of water covering it. Finally, Lee turned his head. He looked up at Biff and smiled. He turned over and with one powerful stroke propelled himself to the side of the yawl. Biff's eager hands helped heave Lee overside. You all right? You were sure down long enough, Biff said. Lee nodded his head. His chest still moved in and out as he took deep breaths, exhaling them slowly. Biff was dying to find out what, if anything, Lee had learned on his dive, but he didn't want to press his friend. Lee let out a, Ah, boy, guess that's the deepest I've ever dived. Biff couldn't stand the suspense any longer. And what did you find? Was it a sloop? Was it the Sea Islander? Yes to both questions, Biff. Whoopee! Yow! We found it! We found it! Biff grabbed Lee by the shoulders and swirled him around. You sure, Lee? You're positive it's a Sea Islander? I'm sure, Biff. There was a life preserver still attached to the side of the sloop's cabin. I could make out the letters spelling the boat's name, and those letters sure did spell out Sea Islander. What condition is she in? Well, I couldn't tell much. She's heeled over on her starboard side, I think. Not all the way. Her mast is broken off, as far as I could tell. Some of her ropes are still attached. I brushed against them both going down and coming back up. Lee had stretched out on the deck of the easy action. Strength was flowing back into his body. Staying submerged as long as he had takes a lot out of a person physically. Well, Lee, I think we'd better get back to our original anchorage. Your dad and mine must be back there by now. If they're not, well, we'll have to forget about the Sea Islander and really look for them. We may have to go for help. Before we go, though, Biff, I'd like to go back down to the Sea Islander. Again, what in the world for? Not all the way, but don't you think it would be a good idea if we could attach a marker to one of those loose lines? Then we'd be able to spot this location easily. Good idea, Lee. How near the surface do those lines come? 
Oh, I guess twenty, maybe twenty-five feet. Won't be much of a dive this time. Not after going down over forty feet. Okay, Lee, you lie there and rest. I'll rig a marking boy. Biff went below and took out another boy from the yawl's captain's chest. This was an all-white one. He attached a short length of nylon rope to the boy and a metal clip to the other end of the rope. Returning to the deck, he showed it to Lee. How will this do? I figure you can tie a fast knot in one of those loose lines, then just snap this metal fastener below the knot. Then it won't slip off. Swell, Biff. I've got my breath back now. This won't take a minute. Lee took the boy. A frown came over his face. What's the trouble? Biff asked. Well, with this boy, it's going to make it tougher to get down. The other time, remember, I had the help of a weight pulling me down. The dinghy's emergency anchor. Now I've got this boy, which will be working against me. I don't know. I'll fix that. Biff went astern. He pulled in the dinghy, which was tied to the stern of the yawl, hopped in, and cut its anchor. Here you are, Lee. That cleans us out of dinghy anchors. They go fast on a day like this. Mark down special sail, Lee grinned in reply. He stepped to the side of the yawl, holding boy and anchor in front of him. Once more the Hawaiian boy jumped feet first into the blue water. Biff looked at his watch again, but he wasn't worried this time. Lee was only going down twenty feet. Feeling quite happy over finding the Sea Islander, Biff whistled a popular tune. He looked up at Maan at lower, wondering where his father might be at the moment. He glanced down at his watch. He couldn't believe his eyes. Unless he had misread the time of Lee's submersion, three minutes had already passed. Biff swiftly went into action. Lee shouldn't have taken more than two minutes, not that long, for his dive. Biff's body split the water. He pulled himself downward. The water pressure at the depth of fifteen feet was already exerting abnormal pressure on his chest. Still, he pulled himself downward. He had to. I've got to find Lee. He told himself. At twenty feet beneath the surface, with his lungs screaming for air, Biff's hands touched Lee's head. The Hawaiian boy was fighting frantically to free one leg from a rope entwined around it. Biff used Lee's body to pull himself. The four feet further downward to reach the rope, he tore at it, felt it give, and Lee's leg was free. Biff placed his hands on Lee's body and gave it a powerful thrust upward. Then, barely able to hold his breath any longer, he spread his hands, palms downward, pushed with all his might, and shot towards the surface. When Biff broke the surface, gasping for breath, he looked for his friend. There was Lee, only a few feet away. But from the position of his head lolling to one side in the water, Biff knew the boy was unconscious. Tired as he was, his own lungs aching from the recent strain put upon them, Biff swam to Lee's side. At first, all he did was support Lee's head, keeping his nose and mouth from going under water. After a few moments, Biff kicked his way to the side of the yawl. He felt the need of support too. With one hand holding on to the easy action amidship, he held on to Lee with the other. Biff had no way of knowing as yet whether Lee had swallowed so much water that his lungs were filled. He kept the word "drowned" out of his mind. When he had regained his strength, Biff let go of the yawl. Treading water, he took Lee's head in both hands and drew it right up to his own face. He placed his cheek against Lee's nose. 
Thank heavens he could feel Lee's breath on his face. Biff pulled himself and Lee back to the side of the easy action. He placed Lee directly against the side of the yawl. He released him and at the same instant pulled himself quickly onto the deck. Then belly down, he leaned over and was just able to grasp Lee under the arms. With a powerful tug, he pulled the still unconscious boy onto the deck. His first action was to turn him over and administer first aid. He raised and lowered Lee's body to expel any water that might still be in his lungs. Then he placed Lee on his side, his face turned toward the deck. He watched Lee's troubled breathing become easier. Biff sat back with a sigh of relief. His friend was going to be all right. A tremendous weariness swept over Biff. He hadn't known how near to the point of exhaustion he had brought himself. For the next half hour, both boys lay on the deck, regaining their strength. The slanting rays of the setting sun were casting long shadows on the slope of Moana Loa. Biff sat up. He didn't know at first what had caught his attention. He stared at the side of the volcano. He saw it again. A quick flash, a bright reflection. It disappeared. Biff kept his eyes trained on the spot. There it was again. He turned. The sun was low on the horizon, but still bright. He realized that the easy action was directly between the setting sun and the flash of reflected light he had spotted. What could it be? Was it his imagination? Biff felt Lee stir beside him. The Hawaiian boy opened his eyes. A feeble smile touched his lips. He tried to speak. Take it easy, Lee. Rest a little longer. Lee closed his eyes. Biff looked again at the spot on the Moana Loa where he had seen the flash. It came again, then disappeared. Biff heard Lee's faltering voice behind him. You saved my life, Biff. Lee was sitting up now. Biff felt embarrassed. What was there to say? He turned to his friend and the smiles they exchanged expressed more than any words could possibly do. What happened anyway, Lee? It was my own fault, Biff. I guess I panicked. I got down easily. Found a loose rope, but I had trouble staying submerged while I tried to tie a knot. So I made a quick slip knot and hooked it over my leg to hold me steady while I tied the knot to fasten the clasp to. Biff frowned. You mean you sort of anchored yourself to the Sea Islander? Guess you could call it that. Anyway, it took longer than I figured. Once I had hooked the boy on the rope, I tried to free my leg from the slip knot. My body pulling on the knot had tightened it. The wet rope made the knot even harder to undo. That's when I panicked, I guess. The more I worked on the knot, the tighter it seemed to get. Then I sort of blacked out. I don't even remember your coming down to rescue me. Thank goodness I got there in time. Lee put his hands over his face. His shoulders shook. Biff realized the boy was crying. He said nothing. Better to let Lee get the shock out of his system. He continued to watch his friend carefully. Lee had come close to death. Lee, after a few moments, removed his hands and grinned. Sorry, Biff, I guess I'm acting like a baby. Nonsense. After what you just went through, well, say, I want you to see if you can see what I just saw. If you can follow all that, see and saw. Biff wanted to change the subject, stop Lee from thinking about his narrow escape. He also wanted to check the flash he had just seen. Look over there, Lee, about 2,000 feet up the slope of Mauna Loa. He pointed with his arm. I swear I've just been seeing light reflected. 
Seems like a mirror pointed into the sun. You know, the way kids sometimes signal to one another. Lee raised his eyes. Both boys saw the reflection come at the same time. I see it, Biff. There it is. Now it's gone. What do you think it could be, Lee? Like you said, maybe a mirror or... or glasses. That's it, glasses. Someone's got binoculars trained on us, and we're right in the path of the setting sun. Someone's watching us through the binoculars. I'll bet you're right. It's probably my dad and yours. Hey, I sure hope so. But even as Biff spoke the words, another idea came into his head. Or, Lee, it could be Perez Soto. End of chapter 18